0: And welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. One hour down, one hour to go. And as we've been illustrating on this edition of Hardline, it's been a busy week and a lot of week of uh, surprises. And to break that all down, we have Carl Calabrese here. Carl, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good to be with you. Carl, I got to start where uh, where we started the show today. Chris Jacobs uh, bowing out. Carl Palladino jumping in. Uh, how do you break this down?
1: Well, I was surprised and not surprised by the Chris Jacobs announcement. Um, I'm not surprised with the very, very strenuous reaction from Republican uh, and conservative county and town committees, party organizations, and office holders. I'm not surprised about that at all. What I was surprised at is how, how under the radar screen it was for almost a week. Uh, I had an indication uh, from Chris Jacobs himself in a text conversation that he was getting some very, very heavy pushback. Uh, he, he didn't give me any details, and I didn't hear those details until his, his news conference on Friday. But I just thought it was strange that so many organizations and and people would pull their support and not, not one of them issued a press release. Normally in a situation like this, you would you would see some press releases of this county or this town or this elected official um, making a public statement that I can no longer support the congressman because of his position. I didn't see a one of those. So the fact that it stayed so quiet and so under the radar screen for a week, being in politics all my life, that was surprising to me. Um, but I wasn't surprised by the reaction of the Republican base. Um, people who don't understand Republicans, who don't understand their feelings about the Constitution, just miss this entire point and how, how important they hold and how dear they hold the Second Amendment and what it means to them. Uh, and also what it means to them when a, when a politician campaigns for their votes by saying, I support the Second Amendment, and then changes. Uh, It it reminded me of when George H.W. Bush at the 1988 Republican Convention said very emphatically, probably the most remembered and powerful statement in his acceptance speech, and everybody remembers it who watched it, read my lips, no new taxes. He rode that position to a huge victory over Mike Dukakis, and then a few years later, reneged on that pledge and raise taxes along with the Democrats, and that ended his political career. At that point, his base abandoned him. And when I used to teach at UB uh, a course on government and politics, I always would tell my students that when you're an elected official, there's lots of things you can compromise on, but there are certain core values that you hold that, and that your constituency holds that when you tell them that you share that core value with them, you cannot renege on it, because if you do, they will abandon you. Uh, and I think that's that's what happened here uh, with with his constituency reacting so vehemently. Carl, now
0: with uh, Carl Paldino jumping in, do you think the party will have any other candidates or will this be paldino versus uh, versus a Democrat in November?
1: I don't know yet. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of reports circulating that Nick Langworthy is not only interested, but is circulating petitions. Um, you know, un- until that is verified or not verified, you know, right now it looks like Carl's the only one, but, you know, if Nick Langworthy does get involved, former county chairman, now state Republican chairman, that would be a very interesting race because you would have, um, you know, two totally different candidates. One is a consummate insider, uh, plays the inside baseball game. I don't say that critically. I say it, it you know, from an admiration standpoint, uh, Nick is a very, very good inside politics player. Uh, versus a very well-known populist candidate. So you're going to have two totally different styles, uh, both with their own set of advantages. Uh, Carl Paldino, obviously, as I mentioned the other day on on your station, has name ID, he has money, and he has, you know, one race under his belt uh, encompassing much of this area. If you go back to 2010, Carl Paldino ran in the Republican gubernatorial primary against a former congressman named Rick Lazio. And... Not only did Carl win that race statewide, I mean, he crushed Rick Lazio. I went back and I, I looked at the 10 counties that make up this new congressional district, and I, I looked at the results between Palladino and Lazio in these 10 districts or in these 10 counties. Carl Palladino won all 10 of them hands down in some, by incredible margins. For example, I'll give you two or three. In uh, Chautauqua County, uh, I'm sorry, Cattaraugus County, Carl Paladino beat Rick Lazio by 4,146 to 536. Uh, in Allegheny County, Paladino 3,708 versus 899 for Lazio. And in Erie County, which obviously back then this this entailed or encompassed the entire county. For this congressional district, it's not the entire county. But for the entire Erie County, Carl Paladino won 46,637 to 3,414. So I know it's a long time ago. It's 12 years, but... Uh, I've got to believe a lot of those Republicans who voted for Carl Paldino in 2010 um, remember that race, remember him, and that gives him a, a very, very big advantage.
0: Carl, you know, I, I know he's, he's bowed out. He's not going to run for re-election in Congress, uh, and I know this is pure speculation, but do you think there's anything political in the future for Chris
1: Jacobs? I don't know about elected office. If there is, it's going to have to be a, a, a cooling down period for probably quite a while. It may not be at the federal level. It may not be in politics at all. Chris, Chris Jacobs, I've known Chris for years, is a very good man, honest, hardworking, um, has a great record behind him, what he did in Buffalo with the schools and uh, county clerk. I mean, he, whatever he decides to do, be it in the Private sector, the public sector, the not-for-profit sector—he will do it well, and he will be successful.
0: And I, I asked uh, Carl Paladino this: w- want to know your take? Obviously, something you and I have talked about uh, a lot lately, especially when I'm filling in for uh, Bellavia, via, and that is this upcoming uh, midterm election. A lot of talk now on guns—you know, y- you've got that really being the where the Democrats are going. Uh, do you fear that this, in certain parts of the country, will hurt Republicans going into midterms?
1: Too early to tell. It's, it's certainly something I'm watching. You know, I, I, I gave two talks in the last several months on predicting the 2022 midterm election. I have eight different criteria uh, that I'm looking at and will continue to follow literally right up till the eve of election. And as of the last talk I gave, which was in March, um, at that time, there was no question. I said, if the election were held today. This would be a tsunami wave election for the Republicans in both the House and the Senate. I'd be looking at gains in the House of 50 to 60 and maybe more, and at least four to six in the Senate. But, but, my caveat was, two. number one, the election is not held today, and I've said this before, if you're you're an experienced, knowledgeable horse better, um, you don't bet on a horse until you know two things. Number one, you want to know all the horses in the race. In politics, that would mean you want to know all the candidates running before you place a bet. And number two, in a horse race, you want to know the condition of the track. Uh, Is it a dry track? Is it a soggy track? Is it a muddy track because different horses run better or worse in different track conditions? In politics, the condition of the track translates into what are the issues? There are certain issues that favor Republicans and conservatives and certain issues that favor Democrats and the progressive left. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. There's no question in my mind the Democrats want to run the election and will run the election on, on three issues. January 6th, guns and abortion. And there's no doubt in my mind, Republicans are going to run the election on inflation, crime, and the border. Now, what set of issues moves the public the most? I don't know. And frankly, now is not the time to test it because emotions are running so high, you could get a very skewed poll. I think we need a little time elapse. Uh, and then start testing it, and then more importantly, start following those results. And I'll I'll be doing that right through, I do it every month uh, between now and election, and as we get closer to election, I'll be doing it probably (laughs) almost every week to see how the, what I would predict for the 2022 election. But there's no question, those those are the two sets of issues the the two sides are going to be staking out at this point.
0: And, you know, the last few weeks, um, President Biden, I think he's given two evening addresses now uh, to the nation. What would you say of of, uh, the president's tone and his message in those evening addresses to the nation?
1: Last one. Um, I I thought he started out very strong in the sense of verbalizing the anguish, the agony, the pain that every American is feeling with the shootings we've seen in Buffalo and Texas there's no question but then then he changed and you know he he made a lot of misstatements and and that's being kind at best they were misstatements outright they were lies I mean I I I counted four or five of them for example he said you know the. um the uh, automatic weapons ban of the 90s, uh, you know, when it expired, it was successful in cutting down crime. That, that's not true. The FBI and the DOJ recommended it not be extended because it had a diminis- de minimis effect on crime. He said the AR was designed for the battlefield. That's nonsense. This is not a weapon you would equip any army with to go into war. Um, uh, he said that, you know, we have to expand the background checks to keep guns out of the hands of felons felons can't get guns. The laws are already on the books and 98.5 percent of people in jail today who are felons for gun violence bought their guns someplace other than a retail store where they would have to go through a background check. Uh, He said that the gun industry is the only industry that can't be sued for misuse of its product. That's not true. Um, He failed to mention by the way that you can lie on a background check as his son Hunter did uh, when he got his gun and said he was not using drugs when he was indeed a crack addict. So there was just a lot of misstatements. And then, of course, he made it political or, you know, got to get out and vote on this. I just thought that it it was not a unifying speech. And that's what Joe Biden ran on was to be a unifier. Uh, and, And so I was disappointed in that second half of the speech.
0: You know, we talked with uh, Angela Morinello about the uh, assembly done for the year. They had a a really busy week. But, you know, with all the talk of we're going to restrict this, we're going to do that, uh, it doesn't seem like that much came out of it, especially what we saw fail right here in uh, Buffalo, the red flag laws.
1: The red flag laws failed. The limited magazine failed. Um, And, you know— I'm a, I'm a gun owner, and I've gone through background checks many times, and but I haven't in a while. So what I did was I Googled up the form, the federal form you have to fill out when you buy a gun. And I particularly, I looked at the question about mental health, and what, what I saw just really, really shocked me. Here's the question they ask on mental health. Now, keep in mind the, this kid from Binghamton who shot up tops and his situation. He's, he does a lot of strange, weird things to the point where the law enforcement actually comes in and brings him in and puts him through a mental evaluation, all right? The question on the background check when it comes to mental health is is as follows, and these are the exact words. Have you ever been adjudicated as a mental defective, or have you ever been committed to a mental institution? Now, take a look at this, this guy from, from Binghamton, the top shooter, and what he did. The gap there in between what he did and what that question asked is big enough, you know, for the entire fleet of NFTA buses to to drive through. We've got to do something about that gap. There's got to be a way to capture if somebody is brought in by authorities and given a mental evaluation, which I understand is now different than a psychological evaluation, but those things have to be captured and they're not being captured now in the background check form that's being used
0: and another in my opinion failure um when it comes to New York state carl is something you and I talked about when we last talked and that's gas prices you know a few days ago we had the the uh gas or the tax holiday go into effect the gas is higher than when they passed the law to put that uh to put that suspension into effect i don't understand how anyone is celebrating this
1: <laughs> only in the world of of government in albany can you celebrate this again angela Marnelli said or Marnelli said it perfectly um, a lot of this was headline grabbing and that's, that's often what happens in, um, in Albany. Um, uh, very experienced, uh, legislator once told me this is a business, in Albany, this is a business of cover. We, we print bills, we, we, we write bills that we know aren't going to get passed or if they do get passed, aren't going to do anything, but it allows us to go back to our district with the bill in our pocket and when we speak to that particular interest group, um, we can pick you know, we take it out of our lapel and and wave it around and say look i i introduced the abc bill to deal with this issue and everybody claps and we go home but uh, you know as i say angelo Marnello put it perfectly these were a lot of of headline grabbing actions that really didn't do anything uh, and, and by the way his example of this counterterrorism task force which was formed 2 years ago never appointed anyone to it has never met which could have been Investigating the root causes of mass shootings and psychological mental health issues with young people has never met. I mean, this is outrageous, and it shows you just how dysfunctional New York state government is, always playing catch-up and behind the curve.
0: Carl, I'm going to jump back to national uh, politics for the last question here. We're we're going to see these January 6th committee hearings in prime time. Uh, If you are advising a Republican candidate as these are airing, what's the message to the nation? Uh, As again, I'm sure you know your CNNs, your NBCs will be running this wall to wall.
1: And let me tell you, if you're going to be an advertiser buying time, you're probably going to get real cheap advertising time because I got to believe the ratings are going to be, you know, really, really low. I mean, lower than in the toilet. It's going to be in the septic tank. Uh, In the middle of the summer, you know, think people are going to stay home at night in prime time and watch, uh, you know, all of this political grandstanding. No, I have yet to see a poll, Joe, um, where they ask Americans to rank their most important issues, where January 6th shows up not only in, it doesn't show up in the top five, it doesn't show up in the top 10, it doesn't show up in the top 15. Right now, it's just a non-issue. And I I just kind of think it's going to peter away much as the Russia hoax uh, thing did as well.
0: You know, it to me, and I, I do hate to put my opinion in on this show, but it, it to me, it's with everything else that's going on. You know, I just can't imagine this is the focus with the economy the way it is, uh, with the violence issue the way it is. This is how this is what Washington's going to go wall to wall on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was like Washington going wall to wall on the impeachment when the pandemic was just breaking out. I mean, this is what happens when you live in the Washington bubble and you only read the New York Times and the Washington Post and you think you have a a finger on the pulse of the American public in terms of what's important to them. Uh, No, this is is a non-starter right now, unless there's some dramatic revelation that we haven't seen or heard of yet that suddenly grabs the public by the lapels and shakes them into being concerned about January 6th. This this is not going to be a winning issue for the Democrats come come November. Carl Calabrese, always Calabrese. great, talking with, great you. talking with you. Thank you, Joe. Same here. Thank you, Thank you, Carl. That
0: is Carl Calabrese. If you missed any of that interview, if you missed any of Angelo Morinello, if you missed any of Carl Paldino, it'll be available on demand at WBEN.com and the Odyssey app. Coming up next, we go live to D.C. to speak with Dave Leventhal.